You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Good evening, Happy New Year, and welcome to episode 153 of the Boys in the Booth podcast. Cody Abrams and Melbourne with you for this one. Happy New Year, guys. How we doing? Well, uh, had a great two weeks back home and got to see tons of family and friends and we uh, got to play like around 14 hours of pond hockey or something like that so happy for that it was a great time off and and a great time visiting with everyone but boy i'm i'm happy to be home i was kind of getting a little worn out by the end of that all the social interactions and driving around and here and there and everywhere so i'm glad to be home and uh, happy to be recording again yeah, I feel you, Case. I feel like the social battery drains pretty quickly when you're home and seeing everybody and it's, you know, go, go, go. It was nice to be home, that's for sure. Nice to play pond hockey with you guys. The last day that we got out was probably the best pond hockey we've ever had going for the first, like, hour and a half. Like, that was fantastic. We had two goalies, a nice five-on-five game, so that was super fun. The last hour and a half of that session, though, might have been the worst because there were about a 1,000 kids out there, but... Yeah, it was super fun to go home. I had a great new year. Um, as you can see, I got a nice uh, little jersey here. You guys already saw it, but for uh, the, the viewers, there you go. Nice little John Tavares jersey, the reverse uh, reversible one designed by Justin Bieber. So I thought that was pretty cool. All in all, great new year. It was good to be home, but I'm very glad to be back as well. I'm not here for very long, though, because, guys, I'm leaving for Florida tomorrow at 7 in the morning. So, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be home for very long. I'm heading there tomorrow. And then after that, finally getting back and getting back into the swing of things. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited for that. And, uh, yeah, just generally in a good mood. How about you, Harp? What's going on? Yeah, no, it was a great break. I don't think I uh, have been off for this long before around a, a Christmas break. So it was great. Great to see you guys and uh, everybody else, all our friends and family over the holiday time and play some hockey. And I was at the Senators and Sabres game in Ottawa last night and obviously a, a tough result for uh, for Buff, but it was a great way to kick off the new year. And uh, yeah, good to be back into the swing of things for sure. So no, it's it's been great. Awesome. Okay, should we get into our new segment? Do you want to introduce it, Harp? Yeah, absolutely. So this is the Boys in the Booth uh, betting corner brought to you by our partners at BetStamp. So let's get into that first. Yes, so the, essentially what we're going to do for this new betting corner on BetStamp uh, with BetStamp is one of the three guys is going to bring up a bet and the other two are going to say if they're going to tail that bet or not. So I'm going to start. This is going to be my first week um, and we're going to be using BetStamp to get the best odds and uh, or sorry, the best value for your bet, finding the best odds using BetStamp. So here's my bet for the week, guys. Let me know if you want to follow this or not. I'm going with Callie Yarncroke to score tomorrow night against the struggling St. Louis Blues. Um, the reason I bring up this bet, and Case, don't know if we lost you for a sec there, but it looks like you're back. My bet is Callie Yarncroke to score against St. Louis tomorrow because they're struggling. And uh, you guys are going to have to tell me if you're going to ride with this. But first, my rationale is that the Leafs have been looking for a second line left winger to play with JT and Mitch Marner all year long basically and Yarncroke has excelled in his recent audition 
Since returning from injury, he's, he has seven points in his previous five games playing on that wing. And in his last three games played, uh, those have been three out of his four highest ice time totals of the season, all over 15 minutes uh, in a single game. And he's playing a true top six role, especially, or at least at five on five, that is. He's playing second power play time as well. Um, and actually, I wanted to say, too, he's been a bit of a fantasy hockey stud since returning from that injury as well, because like not only the points, seven in his last five, but he's triple eligible up front as well, meaning that he can be slotted into play center, left wing, or right wing in fantasy. And uh, just before I ask you guys if you're going to be riding with this or not, I will say uh, I took a look at the BetStamp app earlier to find the best odds for this specific prop bet, Cali Yarncroke, to score against St. Louis tomorrow. The odds currently aren't posted yet, but what I'm going to do tomorrow is find the best odds using a book that I found on BetStamp. Go there. Put down a couple bucks and uh, hopefully that'll hit because Yarn Croak has been hot. So thanks to Betstamp, I'll uh, be getting the best odds for my wager. Now the question is, are you guys going to ride or not? Casey, what do you think? I always like to ride with a hot hand, plus St. Louis is hurting right now. They just took suffered two massive injuries. So that team is going to be looking to try to figure things out in that game. And what a great time to try to score on them. Um, the one thing that scares me from riding is a couple of weeks ago, Chad, you were doing your predictions for lines of the Toronto Maple Leafs and you left Kelly Yonkrock out. You totally yeah. forgot that he was a human that existed on this team. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's a little bit of karma that is going to be, you know, circling around this bet, but I'm willing to risk it. The explanation for that is he was hurt for three weeks. So if you're hurt, you know, you're kind of dead to me in my mind until you're back and scoring for the Leafs, which he's doing right now. So he's in my good graces uh, as we speak. All right, what do you think? Well, I, I, in my opinion, I think the Blues have been um, one of, if not the most, inconsistent team in the NHL this season. And Case just mentioned it. They suffered two huge uh, uh, losses due to injury. And uh, Jordan Bennington has been so up and down as well, uh, the fake tough guy that he is. And we'll wait and see if he actually ever gets into a fight with somebody but anyway um yeah why not like I, I'll, I'll ride this why not i think anybody could score on the st louis blues right now uh they're they've been really up and down and uh as we get closer to the trade deadline here boys uh, doug armstrong is gonna have some really hard decisions to make so they've been an up and down team the leafs are going good right now yeah why not i'll take it Okay, perfect. Um, I also want to say, uh, just as we conclude this first betting corner, this is all new to us, and I'm glad that we've finally, you know, have the three of us together to introduce this new segment, the betting corner. Uh, I'll say, if you want to ride, download the BetStamp, BetStamp app in the App Store and provide the code Boys in the Booth in all caps, just to let them know that we sent you. Every download helps. Appreciate it, guys. Awesome. All right, let's get into uh, the main topic for this episode and uh, very fitting with it now being 2023, just a couple of days into the new year. So we're going to be talking about bold predictions for 2023. We're going to come up with one each and uh, Case, we'll start with you. Yeah, I always have a hard time picking what I want to talk about in these bold predictions. I feel like I want to go big, but you don't want to be absolutely berated in the comments um i put that aside to this time and said 
I'll go for an all. I'll go for a Stanley Cup prediction. Oh, wow. And before I say this, if you're going to say, oh, this team's first in their division, how is this a bold prediction? Picking any team to win the Stanley Cup in January, early January, is a bold prediction. Okay? Thanks. So I'm going to go ahead, and I don't know if you guys have noticed the background. The listeners haven't noticed the background, but I've got green lights behind me right now because I'm going to say that the Dallas Stars are going to win the Stanley Cup in 2023. Wow. It feels bold enough for me. Um, some some of the staff at The Athletic partly agrees with me in that 27% of them have them going to the finals, um, but they have them going to the finals as the runner-up to the Stanley Cup. But I'll take that as a win. I've got a couple of reasons for you here just to spout off some stats and whatnot. I will say that 70% of this is a gut feeling and 30% is based off the stats. Um, first one I wrote down is goals, goals, goals. They're third in goals per game, seventh in goals percentage. They're second in the league in power play percentage, so they can score even strength, but the power play, don't take a penalty against them, which we've seen in the playoffs. When teams start taking penalties, which there seems to be a lot of, they get burnt, and you will get burnt by the Dallas Stars. The second one is goaltending, seventh best save percentage in the league, sixth in goals against average, and fourth in the penalty kill. I put penalty kill here because your goalie is supposed to be your best penalty killer, and Jake Ottinger has been lights out, and somehow Scott Wedgwood has been just as good. So I'll put a little cav- like a little asterisk on this one. If Ottinger can stay healthy, the Dallas Stars win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think thing, that's a fair caveat. To, to yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> I mean, that's most teams. Yeah. But the next thing I have is size. They're not the biggest team in the league like they used to be. And I think that actually might help them because they have some more speed going around. The eighth tallest team in the NHL and the fourth heaviest team in the NHL per averages. Um, why I want to bring this up is a stat that I found interesting and one that people don't really think about. They always say teams need to be physical in the playoffs. Well, I think teams need to be able to be hit as well. They need to take that physicality and be successful with it. Currently, they've taken a, or received 925 hits, which is good for fifth in the league. And yet they're near the very bottom in main games lost due to injury. So this team can take a hit and succeed in doing so. They've taken the fifth most hits and they're first in their division currently. So they're thriving under the pressure. They're f- thriving under getting to the, uh, you know, in the corners and getting hit. And the other kind of direction I was taking this is that they have the fifth highest percentage of goals from rebounds. They get their nose to the net and they're in the crease. They hold their ground and they score a lot of goals there. And that's how you score in the playoffs. You score in the power play and you score in the crease. So that's another thing I had for them. The next one is face-offs, the second best team in the league after the Boston Bruins uh, for percentage. And this team's full of centers. Everyone on this team seems to be able to take a center. Um, Last little point I wanted to put on it was the youth infusion has done wonders for this team. They still have so many guys from that last uh, Stanley Cup finals in 2019-2020. They've got, you know, Pavelski, who's he's got, I think, the fifth most experience in the entire league in the playoffs. You got Ben, Sagan, Hintz, Heiskanen, uh, Lindell, all of these guys, Fax, uh, Gurianov, all of these guys still here. It's a very similar team. They've lost a couple guys, but they've plugged those holes with youth and it's worked for them. And Pete DeBoer, 
That's a guy I have to mention here when we're talking about playoffs. He's got a lot of experience and he's still chasing that cup. Uh, he's coached 123 playoff games and 68 and 55. Took the Devils to the finals in 2012. Took the San Jose Sharks to the finals in 2016. Deep runs with San Jose in 2019 and Vegas in 2020 and 2021. This guy can coach a team and we've seen him have success in the playoffs, but he's looking for that, that, that final stat, that Stanley Cup. Yeah, so that's my um, reasoning, boys. Well, there's a lot there, Case, and I'm glad that you brought up the 2019-20 uh, season where they made the finals against Tampa Bay because that's sort of what's been in the back of my mind ever since you brought up Dallas. It's like we didn't really know where that team was going to go after that series. You know, it seemed like they had a down year, and then all of a sudden there's been sort of a resurgence. You know, some of their star players have been pretty damn good, like the guys like Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan. And then, of course, you know, they're being carried by some of the young, their young players, that 2017 draft class of Robertson, Heiskanen, and Ottinger. So they've got a lot of weapons for sure. Something I wanted to touch on that you mentioned is uh, the fact that they take a lot of hits, right? I think you said they're fifth in the league and hits taken, uh, but they haven't lost many man games. You know what else that means? It, you know, it clearly means that they're a tough team and they're big and they get to the dirty areas. But you know what else that means? It means they have Possession. to puck a lot, too. Yeah. And that's very important, um, not only in the regular season, but in the playoffs as well. Something else you mentioned is the power play. I think last year, power plays per game actually went up in the playoffs because there's, you know, there's always been so much talk about how the whistles go away in the playoffs. But I think it was actually the opposite last year so it'll be that'll yes. be something to watch as well um with a deadly power play like dallas has so a lot there certainly a bold prediction taking anybody to win the stanley cup at this time but uh i mean all i wanted to ask case is are you willing to throw some money on it are you i will <laughs> be throwing a future on this because i put my money where my mouth is i'll be throwing probably I'll go as high as a $20 bet on the Dallas Stars winning the cup. I'm sure that will return me just an absolute boatload of money. Yeah, so, I wonder uh, what their odds are right now. They're, it's probably like plus 2,500. Uh, maybe not that low. Maybe like plus 1,500 or something or more. I'll have to so, check it out. Yeah, maybe I'll come yeah. back to you by the end of the episode with those. Yeah, sure. Harp thoughts? It was pretty wild, like that 2019 year that uh, that St. Louis won the cup. Like they were in dead last in January, and uh, I think a guy in St. Louis put some money down, and then at the end of the day, ended up winning like two or three hundred k because the odds were just stacked against them at the time. But he put some money down, so uh, that was that was pretty wild. But look, um, th this is a prediction that I've even thought about myself. This is a good hockey team, and as uh, as I've heard Jeff Merrick say before, they kind of did something that we haven't really seen another team do in the NHL, and that is that they kind of did a rebuild on the fly. They turned their core over overnight it seems like and uh, those young guys are carrying them Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan look like they're back and I'm glad you mentioned Pete DeBoer because he pushes offense and a lot of shots from the point so like you mentioned they're going to be good on rebounds and crashing the net and always in the crease and everything and uh, puck possession and all of that they didn't really have that style under Rick Bonus, and I think it's really benefited them because 
as we've seen in the playoffs with the Dallas Stars. They've had trouble scoring goals, and they have no problem doing that right now. This is a good team, man, and uh, they're going to be good for a long time with that young core, and they've got guys coming constantly, like just, uh, you know, uh, an embarrassment of riches of prospects and young players. Wyatt Johnston is already in the lineup. Stan Coven, who was your player to watch for Canada. So uh, this team is good, and, you know, I was even thinking about today, like it would be awesome to see like a Boston-Dallas final or whatever because of that trade back in the day with, with Tyler Sagan going to going to the Dallas Stars. So um, don't know if they'll actually win, but I could see them making it to the finals for sure, and uh, this is something I've thought about as well i like it that's uh that's what the the staff at the athletic actually predicted was yeah. um well 27 percent chance that it was going to be dallas and boston in the final i think 86 percent of them had an east team winning the cup which was seems like i smell some bias going on in there yeah. maybe yeah. um but yeah, another thing to think about in the 2019-2020 team is, I don't know if you remember this, but this team was beat up a lot in the in the playoffs as in injuries. They had to shuffle this lineup so much. And I mean, if they can stay healthy like they have all year and continue to just battle in the corners and, and get to the net, like this team's scary. They played against the Devils a couple weeks ago, and that's kind of where I started this idea. I was watching them play, and I'm like, these guys play playoff hockey all year round, and it seems like Pete DeBoer's team kind of always does. And yeah, watching them and like watching that Mason Marshments out there on the third line, just running guys from behind and getting away with it and scoring as well. Like this team has a lot of strange depth and like Gurianov hasn't even taken off yet this year. He's, he's struggled. So, I mean, there's a couple guys still waiting to click and they're in first in there's in the central currently. So if more guys yeah. click and they stay healthy, this team's a weapon. Yeah. Like if Our you Chad told me at the start of the oh, year sorry. case, if you told me at the start of the year that Dallas was going to be your pick for the cup i would have been like what the hell like (laughs) from you know out of where left field you know but they've looked good this year and they have all the pieces really and this year just seems like things have been clicking and like we mentioned it's not only their young players but their older aging core as well so Mm -hmm. things are going right for dallas they're certainly built for the playoffs interesting pick definitely bold but uh, i can get behind it i like it at first glance they're plus 1500 yeah, I mean, I, I think that's... Did I say that? Did I say plus 1,500? Wow. <laughs> I might have. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, hammer it. <laughs> hammer it. Or maybe wait until they lose a few games in a row and then hammer it. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I like it. All right, Chad, let's get your uh, your bold prediction for, for this year. This podcast is sponsored by Liquid IV. Winter is back, and whether you're playing pond hockey or nursing an eggnog hangover this holiday season, Liquid IV has you covered. Just one stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. It contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. It's made with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks, premium ingredients, non-GMO, and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. There are plenty of awesome flavors too, but my personal favorite is lemon lime. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the promo code boys underscore in underscore the underscore booth. That's 20% off anything when you order using the promo code boys underscore in underscore the underscore booth at liquidiv.com. 
Experience better hydration today with Liquid IV. This podcast is sponsored by the ticket app SeatGeek. SeatGeek takes all the confusion out of buying tickets, making it quick and easy to get the best deals on tickets to your favorite sporting events. Plus, Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. So click the link in the description down below to download the app and remember to get your discounted tickets using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. Okay, well, bold prediction for 2023. I didn't really know where to start for this one, so I kind of just started looking up and down the standings and thinking about teams who could make the playoffs or teams who might fall out of the playoffs, um, who are you know typically supposed to be there. So that's kind of what I did. And in the spirit of this episode, I didn't go easy with this one. I picked a pretty unlikely one, a pretty bold prediction, but I truly think it could happen. I'm going to pick the New York Rangers, the team who went to the Eastern Conference Final last year, to miss the playoffs in 2023. It's pretty bold, but let me give you some numbers. And you'll hold on, know hold on. I got I to gotta say, just quickly, this was my backup. Oh, no I way. Almost, I almost went with this, and I thought it would be too petty if I did it. So I'm glad <laughs> someone's gone here. I mean, hey, listen, I was on record last year saying that this team they're they're just frauds because their shooting percentage was through the roof their expected goals you know they were scoring way more than they were generating and you know they were getting incredible goaltending and those are kind of some of the numbers that i want to talk about but i called them frauds on the podcast multiple times and this year it's kind of looking like you know maybe that's the case so picking the new york rangers to miss the playoffs rangers fans are going to hate me for this but money puck currently has them sitting with a 47 percent chance to make the playoffs despite uh currently sitting in a wild card spot with 46 points in 38 games played um the thing with that is pittsburgh is two games back right now so they have two games in hand uh and they have just two fewer points um, new york is currently seventh in points percentage in the east uh, but if I'm looking at the playoff picture right now, and that's kind of what I like started this thought for me. I think if four teams make the playoffs um, from the Metro, that is, and that's assuming that another team in the Atlantic is able to claim that second wildcard spot. But, you know, we can get into that conversation. But if four teams make it, I think it'll be Carolina, New Jersey, Washington and Pittsburgh. I think they just have all been better this season and more consistent for the most part. That Metro is insane, man. They're all so tight. The it Metro is, is insane. Um, and so then if, if five teams make it from the Metro, which is a real possibility because the Atlantic is kind of, again, like it's one of those things where it's a tale of two uh, divisions within one. It's like the top three and then everybody else uh, because Florida took a step back this year. But if five teams make it, I think it'll be Carolina, New Jersey, Washington, Pittsburgh, and then one of the New York Islanders or the New York Rangers. And personally, like I can just get behind the Islanders easy easier than I can get behind the Rangers, like for a lot of reasons. But like I said, this bold prediction, uh, the Rangers missing the playoffs kind of hinges on either the Islanders being better than the Rangers or an Atlantic team like Detroit or Florida sneaking into that second wildcard spot. So a couple of reasons why I think that or like why I'm not really high on the Rangers is first their goaltending. It's been subpar this year compared to what it was last year. Not saying it's been bad, but Igor, you know, he's still top 10 and goal saved above expected. But last year he was first by a country mile like it wasn't even close. And this year he's been, 
you know, he's kind of showed that he can be average on nights. He can get beat. You know, he can put up, he can put up a four spot. You know, five spot, and it's not. You know, he's he's a human, so it happens. Whereas New York uh, with the Islanders, Ilya Sorokin has been the best or the second best goalie in the league this year, depending on who you ask. I think if you ask Bruin, Bruins fans, they'll tell you it's Linus Olmark. Um, but yeah, like Sorokin has been incredible this year, second in goal saved above expected. And Varlamov is giving good backup starts for the Islanders, whereas Halak has been below average in every game he's played this year. So goaltending, I think, is a key issue for the Rangers. Uh, Another key issue is their power play. It's not carrying them anymore. Last year, they had the fourth best power play in the NHL. This year, they currently are 15th. Last year, as we know, Kreider scored, I think it was like 50% of his goals on the power play, and he scored 52 goals. Right now, he's only on pace for about 35, and I think the power play is uh, a big reason for that. Third reason why I'm not uh, totally sold on the Rangers this year. I mean, aside from the fact that they're scratching Alexi Lafreniere and not playing their good players enough, but uh, they're just not scoring way more goals than expected this season like they were last season, which I think indicates some aggression to the mean. So uh, there's a lot of reasons why I'm not completely sold on the Rangers. Those are a few of them. What do you think of my bold prediction, guys, that they missed the playoffs this year? I think that... A good team in the Metro is going to miss the playoffs. I'm not going to say that the Rangers are a bad team. They are a good team. They are. But I think that they might be it. Um, You gave a lot of good reasons there. One that I read that you didn't mention is that I was checking it out, and they have the most challenging or most difficult schedule remaining in the season currently out of the whole league. Um, I think six six or seven of the top ten were Atlantic teams, so um, smells like a, a two wild card metro happening. But yeah, the Rangers have the the most challenging schedule remaining, and um, I don't know. It was, it was another one of those. I, I looked at the standings. I just had a couple gut reactions come to me. I said I could see the Rangers not making it, and I would have went in more depth if if it wouldn't be so petty. So <laughs> I can believe this. Yeah, I mean the fact that you mentioned the tough schedule, like. That makes sense now that I look at Money Puck's uh, projections. You know, has them at forty percent, forty-seven percent chance making the playoffs. Where it has yeah. Pittsburgh and Washington, other teams in the Metro. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh currently behind New York as making the playoffs. Not because their points percentage is better, but probably because they have easier matchups going forward. So that's a good point. I didn't really think of. But yeah, guys, like I just like you guys know. I mean, Casey and I have both never been sold on this team even though they were pretty good last year. But, man, actually, though, Case, I do want to say, I think you picked them to win the Metro this year, didn't you? Over Carolina? Didn't we have that argument? Yeah, I think I, I think I did, but I've I've backpedaled hard since then. <laughs> the, the decor and the goaltending has not lived up to my expectations, and that's significantly taken a hit on their, uh, their standings in my mind. Yeah. Well, I certainly didn't have the Rangers at the top of the Metro. I had the Carolina Hurricanes, who, of course, are firing on all cylinders right now. What's their win streak at? 11 games now in a row, I think, at 10 or 11? Yeah, I, I think something they're like, like 15-0-1 in their last 16 or something. Yeah. Like something uh, crazy like it's that. It's better than that. They're 11, they're 11 wins in a row, and they have points in their last 17 games. That's insane. 
Yeah, just ridiculous. But uh, look, I, I, I like this. I think that this is very possible. Case, like you said, a good team out of that division, whoever it is, is going to miss the playoffs because it's so tight, which is just great. It's been one of the best divisions the last couple of years in the NHL. But uh, yeah, this this has been a very up-and-down hockey team. And um, I would go as far as saying that... Uh, Gerard Gallant could be on the hot seat here if, if things don't get more consistent and if, of course, they miss the playoffs. Chris Drury is not going to be a happy camper after making a, a Final Four uh, appearance excuse me, last season. And I think that the biggest thing for me is that Shesterkin was so unbelievably good that he covered up a lot of problems on this team. And I think that those are starting to show Panarin does not look the same. He's really struggled. Um, and I just, I, I look at the forward group and the defense as well. And I do think in both parts, there's a lack of depth there. I just, I find them very top heavy. Those first two lines in the forward group, that fourth line, I think they get caved in a lot in their own zone. And then on the back end as well, just guys that, you know, are good players, don't get me wrong, but the point production is just not there and, and it can't all be up to one guy in Adam Fox. So, um, yeah, I just think that uh, there are a variety of different reasons, but uh, this team kind of fooled everybody last year frauds as you said Chad and I think the biggest is that Shesterkin covered up a lot of blemishes Yaroslav Halak just doesn't have it anymore he's he's getting up there in age and uh, and I think it would have really helped them to get a more solid backup option for Shesterkin but then again like how can you not look at the goaltending and be like well you know Shesterkin's just going to follow up last year and in, in this season, and he's been really hard on himself too, and I just think that uh, a lot of things went the right way for them last year, and it covered up a lot of problems for this team, and I think that those uh, those issues are starting to show. For sure, and I don't want to say that Shesterkin's been bad by any means this season. He just hasn't been world beater good every single night. Like like I said, he's currently still in the top 10 in goal saved above expected, which as you guys know is my favorite stat for goalies, but he just has had some off nights, whereas last year it seems like that wasn't, like he wasn't capable of having an off night. And also just, you know, as we're rounding out this conversation, I do want to play devil's advocate a bit against myself, against my bolt prediction, and just say like, you know, there's one stat that kind of stood out to me a bit, and it tells me that they're playing a bit of a quieter game this year, not allowing or generating as many high danger scoring chances. So that was the, the stat that kind of jumped out to me. So it wouldn't surprise me if they do make the playoffs, but like Casey, you said, a good team is going to miss the playoffs, and I just think it really could be the Rangers this year for all the reasons that we've mentioned. Yeah, and they are uh, one stat I found interesting looking across Money Puck. I didn't know this one existed, guys, but I saw um, they're leading the league in expected headshots above average. I knew that and, was going to uh, be stupid. <laughs> uh, even without Ryan Reeves. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, Jacob Truba's yeah. know, picking yeah. up the slack there. Yeah, what did uh, Athanasiu say? He's the $8 million man who doesn't have a goal this year, something like that. <laughs> God. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty entertaining. All right, uh, 
this one for me, and you know, it just like you guys, I thought of a variety of different ones, but uh, I like how we all kind of are going with a different one. Case, you went with a Stanley Cup prediction. Chad, you went with a team to miss the playoffs. I'm going to go with a bold prediction for a contract extension, and uh, and this is about a defenseman with the Arizona Coyotes. It's not Jacob Chikrin, who's going to get dealt here eventually, but it's Shane Goss to spare. I think that, uh, that Ghost will sign a contract extension with the Arizona Coyotes. That's my bold prediction. Um, it's been a great place for him. They got him for next to nothing from the Philadelphia Flyers. He comes in. He's their number one guy. He's been an absolute revelation on that blue line. 51 points last season. He's got 26 and 35. He's having another great year. This team is better than unexpected. And I think sooner rather than later, this team is going to have to pay their guys and uh, they're going to be in the playoffs sooner than expected. Um, it, they've they've been a lot better than any of us thought. Undefeated against the Leafs in 2022, by the way, Chad. Um, <laughs> I know. Dude, and, and they uh, mop the floor with the Avs every time they play them, too. It's hilarious. I don't yeah, get it. Ex- exactly. So I just think that this makes a lot of sense. The way that Chikrin is playing right now, I think that the price that they're looking for is kind of justified because he's been a point per game since he returned from injury. He's getting traded, no question. I just don't think it makes sense to trade him and and Goss Despair. Um, Sorry, I'm just put- plugging my ears with the Chikrin <laughs> trade talk. I am I know. so sick of that shit. Violating the contract. I know, I know. Oh, my God. But anyway, but, but with Ghost, and, you know, there's been a lot of talk about trading him as well like just why not getting assets and picks and and everything and um and and continuing that but you you have to keep guys that have been good for you and you have to have guys that are going to be a part of that core and uh arizona's been a really good place for this guy and uh it's it's been a lot of fun to watch he's a completely he's he's back to the old sheen gossip bear that he was those first couple of years in philadelphia so kind of rambled on a bit there but that's my kind of sort of like i don't think it's a totally bold prediction but i just think that uh there's been way more people out there talking about this guy just getting sold off for assets at the deadline by the Coyotes. I really don't think so. He's been great for them. They love him. Chikrin's going out the door. I think Ghost resigns in the desert. What do you guys think? I think it's likely, and but I, I, I'm going to put a little twist on it. I don't think he signs an extension. I think that he re-signs after testing the market a little bit in free agency. Because I think he's kind of realizing I've got a lot of worth here. Um, not and not everyone wants to stay in Arizona with their record and with you know how they're projected to be for the next five years. But I think that he th- he sees himself having more value than the league sees him having, and I think that Arizona is going to give him the best offer because they have the money and because they've seen what he can do for them. So inevitably, he will end up with the Arizona Coyotes. As yeah. A I, I, yeah. I I get it, Harp. Like he has been lights out for them. I 
at some time start to think that, you know, maybe it's a case of like a Thomas Shabbat where a lot of his production comes because he was the guy like in Ottawa, who else is going to score on the back end for, for the last like five years? Like it's Thomas Shabbat. He plays 26 minutes a night. Of course, he's going to get a lot of points. So sometimes I get caught up thinking maybe that's the Shane Gossespierre effect as well. He, he is the guy on the back end. He is playing a lot and he is getting, you know, he's getting points because of that. But um, I don't know. I, I do think that he still has a lot of value. I think he had a couple off seasons in Philadelphia, but he's a very good player and a very good defenseman. So Arizona would be lucky to have him for the next couple of years. Yeah. I mean, Casey, to your point about the Shane Gossespierre effect or the Thomas Shabbat effect, playing a lot of minutes and getting a lot of points. My question is, do you think he's a 60-point guy? Like, currently, he's on pace for 60 points. Do you think he's a 60-point guy right now, this Shane Gossespierre, anywhere else in the league, on any other team? Because I personally don't, despite the fact that I like the player, you know? Yeah, like I just, no, I, I'd agree. Yeah. I, I, I mean, he's still, like, I could see him in the 45-point or 40-point region, but I think Arizona, He, I mean, he's getting a lot of points because he's he's the guy there right now. Yeah, and the reason I brought that up is because at the start of the year in fantasy in my other league, I traded him one for one for Morgan Riley. Okay, and I mentioned this on the podcast, and the guys were pretty upset about it. But at the time, Ghost, because Chicken was out, Ghost was playing uh, first pairing at five on five. He was playing first power play, first penalty kill. He was playing all situations about 25 minutes a night. And he was getting secondary assists here and there. It seemed like anytime Arizona scored, he was involved. So he was valuable. Now that Chikrin is back, I think he slowed down a little bit and tailed off. And he kind of, you know, he was able to compile a lot of points at the start of the year. But I'd like to look at his last, you know, 15 games or whatever since Chikrin's been back because I'm sure the production isn't quite the same. All of that being said, um, he's definitely better now than he was in his last year in Philadelphia, no question. And I could see him signing an extension. And with that being said, I'm going to say something that might sound a little crazy, but this is a bold predictions episode. Not that this is a prediction, but this might be a bold statement. Arizona, I don't think is that bad anymore. Is that crazy to say? Like, I know they're not. I know they're going to be in the basement of the league, you know, but I don't think they're going to be a lottery team starting next year. Like, they kind of already have the pieces there. So if they keep Ghost, why not keep Chikrin? Like, I mean, it's a different conversation because who knows if Chikrin would want to re-sign because of all the trade talks and all of the, you know, the boatloads of assets you could get. But I personally don't think Arizona is that bad anymore. They're kind of set up moving forward. I think you've been watching a lot of Arizona Toronto games, and, and that's that's curving your opinion because they're they're a Stanley Cup contender when they play Toronto, um, which I've I lost money on uh, when they lost six three to Arizona. Yeah, um, Shane Gossespierre last ten games three goals three assists plus four. So okay. I think he is continuing that pace regardless yep. of who's playing ahead of him. Fair enough. Um, my question. Well, I'll say that I think Arizona is a little further behind than you guys. Um, I think the next two years are still going to be tough, but they do have the right pieces moving forward, and it'll be interesting to follow. But, Harp, what do you see as number? Give me a dollar value. Yeah, I wanted to ask that too. Term and dollar value. 
okay, right now, let's go with, like, a four-year deal, because we're seeing a lot of those that, like, cases you've mentioned before, four years has kind of turned into the new two years. That seems to be a good term for him, and he's not even 30 yet, so that's not... That, that's that's a good term number, I think. And I will go with he's making four and a half million right now, I believe. So let's go like six point five times four for Goss to spare to resign. I would give him six point five if it was for two years. But I'm with I like the four year contracts as well, but I think that six point five is high at four. Um he's got a history of, you know, taking a year or two off. So it's I think that a lot of teams are going to take that into mind and they'd be willing to spend a lot on them now. Um, now, I don't, I don't know if they can front load a contract. Maybe that's what they would end up doing if they do four years of 6.5, make it a lot next year and the year after, and it's, then it starts to trail off. And easily but, tradable if that's the case. Too. Yeah, exactly. It, it, that's, that's how I could see that, that deal working for Ghost. So I don't think that's completely ridiculous. It's $2 million more. Um, for a guy who's on pace for 60 points. Personally, on a four-year deal, I would give him like five and a half, I think. I don't think I'd get, I don't think I'd go over six. Five and a half I, seems reasonable. That's closer to where I am at, at four years, but I think a two-year would be, 6.5 wouldn't be ridiculous, especially with the cap space and the cap situation in Arizona. Yeah, and the cap is just going up, up, up in these next few years. So, I mean, yeah. fingers crossed, of, of course, but, you know, next year I think it's only projected to go up $1 million again, but then, you know, after that, once all the escrow and whatnot is figured out, then hopefully it goes up way more, and that's what it's projected to. So, yeah, could definitely see it. Yeah, and, you know, another thing that we could see, and we've seen this before, is that Arizona could still trade him at the deadline to a contender where he's just strictly a rental and then re-sign him in the summer. We could see that as well. So that is certainly another option. But then I think for the player personally, like the way I would look at it is this team has the pieces in place. They've been better than expected. I think they could be a playoff team as soon as next year. Chad, you've heard me say that. So that might be a little bit bold as well. But they, they've they've been a lot better than expected, and I think that for for Ghost personally, for the player, like why would you want to leave a good situation? Why would you want to leave the place that you have revitalized your career in, which is exactly what he's done in Arizona? So I think that with Chikrin moving on, it leaves them with they wouldn't have a lot on the back end um, right away if they got rid of Goss to spare as well. I mean, J.J. Mosier's a great player, and we're going to have to wait a few years for Maverick Lamoureux to get into Arizona, but why wouldn't you keep Ghost? So, anyway, yeah, that's my bold prediction. And, and uh, Harp, yeah. with your bold prediction, now we're going to have to wait all the way until potentially the summer <laughs> to pop the bottle of champagne when all three of us are cracked. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, true. Really I guess mine would probably happen. Mine would happen first day, eh? so maybe we can pop three bottles. One when mine happens. One when the stars win the cup, and then when <laughs> Ghost resigns. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Well, and again, like I'm glad we kind of all had like a different angle on it. Like again, like we had a Stanley Cup pick, we had a missed playoff uh, appearance, and uh, 
and a contract extension. So anyway, there we go. Bold predictions for 2023. And before we wrap up, we'll uh, do a little fantasy corner. So that is going to be how we'll do the, uh, the the structure of each episode. Now we'll have our betting corner to kind of start after the intro, then the main topic of the episode, and then we'll wrap up with fantasy corner. So uh, Case, let's get you to kick off that before we wrap up. Yeah, so I guess we got to do two each real quick here because we missed one. Okay, um, yeah. Due to how we we pre-recorded for the World Juniors. Yep. Uh, two weeks ago, I beat the Dirty Birdies 145.5 to 133.05. Um, remember that that was the Christmas week, so there was no games on Saturday or Sunday that week. That's why those points sound a little low. Um, I had a couple good players for me, like a couple... A couple two or three goal weeks from guys like um, Adrian Kempe and Riley Smith and David Krejci all played pretty well for me, but no one really standing out. Last week, I played Chad and my team just didn't perform. And honestly, you got some late week performances. I don't really know how you're getting so much from guys like Lawson Kraus um, or Jeff Carter. I don't know. Your team is (laughs) stupid in my mind. Um, I did have Stuart Skinner, finally an Alberta goalie, showing up for me at 23.4 points last week. And Montour continues to be the GOAT on the back end. Heiskanen matching him in points, though. So I'm pretty hopeful this next week I'll I'll bounce back with another win. Uh, I'm playing Will Nye, who has had a couple tough weeks lately. A couple tough tough trades. For sure. uh, I'm projected at 191.7 currently. Haven't done any ads. Haven't really you know shuffle around the roster either so a couple tough weeks for will nye and a couple tough trades and he's currently overseas so i think the chances of him checking his phone to set lineups is pretty slim right now i i don't know exactly where he is he's been touring everywhere but he sent me a cool picture remy of him wearing his change of scenery boys in the booth shirt in all these different locations he i think he's bringing it everywhere and just sending me pictures of it's pretty cool the other thing i want to mention playing chad i got smoked by the injury bug Mm. Last week, I had Palat, Sandine, and McKinnon all on the IR. Plus, Patrick Line gets the COVID bug once again, so he missed every game last week. That did not help. So, yeah, I was struggling um, trying to find some guys to slot into the lineup, and everyone's slowly coming back for me, though. I, I do have... Uh, McKinnon has come back. He's healthy. He played against Toronto and laid an egg. Um, and then... Uh, Palat is scheduled to come back early this month, and we'll see about Sandine. So, guys are coming back. Look out. McKinnon's going to score 50 at, by the end of the year. He could. Holy cow. Holy cow. He's good. Uh, okay, two weeks ago, I just want to get this out. Um, two weeks ago, I played Eichel Tower who has also had a couple tough weeks and sort of a tough season. But since he's learned to set his lineups, he's been at least closer. Um, So that's good. But I beat him 197 to 158. We both outperformed uh, our expected points. Um, And I had pretty much everyone show up for me. Travis Konechny had 30 points on the week, which kind of came out of nowhere. Um, Timo Meyer had 22, so it was a good week all around. And then Case, as you mentioned, for week 12, uh, I played you, and it ended up 214 to 166. Uh, We both outperformed our projections by a little bit. 
Um, just looking through here, Timo Meyer showed up again. What a legend that guy is. Uh, 26 points uh, for me there. And then, like you mentioned, Lawson Krause was another guy. 20 points for him on the week. And Connor Hellebuck with 19. So Hellebuck has been great all season for me. I'm, I'm happy that, you know, the Jets are finally winning games now. It seems like over the last few years they've been kind of sputtering and maybe going into a tailspin. But it seems like they've been pretty good this year, and that's on the back of Connor Hellebuck. And then, Case, you say you don't understand it. Like a guy like Lawson Krause, I picked him even in my other league because he's a guy who gets a shit ton of opportunity in Arizona, plays all the minutes in the world, first power play, you know, he, he blocks shots, he hits, he kind of does everything. So although he's not a household name or like guy that you would think of drafting, he's dual eligible in fantasy and he does all of that. So he's been a horse for me this year. And yeah, I think but he averages like four points a game, four fantasy points he, a game. He also had a goal and two assists and then an assist, then another assist is like yeah, it, it was a good week for him. Like, not gonna yeah. lie, like it was a crate. You know, was above what he was expected to do. But I think he. Averages- no, I understand why you have him. Yes, it's, the production that you're getting out of him is a little too much. One hundred percent, I agree, and it helped me in my other league this week too. So uh, that that was those were my two weeks uh, this week. Who am I even playing here? Currently playing Meathead Hockey Club. Uh, that's Alan and Luke. I don't think they've set their lineups for the week, but I also think they do this weird thing where they set it day by day so that you don't see their projections yeah. so that they kind of they, sneak attack you, you know? There is going to be so much slander in the chat this week. I'm excited because the leader of the resistance is on the meatheads and uh, they're pl- you're playing them and yeah. it's going to be exciting that, you know, the the chairman and counselor are playing playing the resistance yeah and i mean right now it's 10 nothing in points but i've had three games played and they've had zero um it's projected to be 201 to 147 in favor of me but like i said i think they do this sneaky thing where they only set their lineup every day just to keep you on your toes so that you know you don't plan around it but Listen, Alan, Luke, if you're listening still, uh, Fantasy Corner now obviously is at the end of the episode, so hopefully you found your way here, but uh, you're going down. Like, this is not going to be an easy week. Like, it's not going to come easy for you guys, and you're not going to trick me because you're going down. And to end my uh, little spiel on Fantasy Corner here, I usually try to pick a guy who I think could be important for the week. I want to say a guy I talked about earlier during the Bet Stamp uh, Betting Corner uh, segment is Callie Yarncroke. Like I said, kind of a fantasy stud over his last five games. He has seven points, and he's triple eligible. So if he's there in your league, uh, still grab him now because who knows how long he's going to be playing for uh, the Leafs in the top six. Could be any number of guys who slot into that left-wing spot after his uh, you know, brief stint or audition is done. So Yarn Croak now is hot. Ride the hot hand, and uh, obviously the Leafs always produce. So I think that's a good pickup for the week if you're looking for uh, a forward. All right, all is good for the uh, Sunnyvale hockey team. Two wins in a row, two weeks Woo! ago, beat Taylor Prosser by a point. I don't know if you guys saw that, but that was a tight matchup. So uh, a really, really good battle against Pross, and uh, it was good to come out the other side on that one. And then last week, uh, playing against our good buddy Corey Morrell, the mail-order brides. Uh, Chunk is kind of hit or miss when it comes to setting his lineups, although I think he's been a little bit better this year. But uh, yeah, it was uh, 169 to 92.8 
deep five for for Sunnyvale uh, for my guys. And uh, one guy who's really stepped up is Evgeny Kuznetsov. And the Washington Capitals have really shown down the stretch here that they're a resilient group, and uh, he's obviously a big part of that. Jesper Bratt, obviously, he's been a great performer for me all year, and uh, Zach Hyman has been lights out lately as well as a member of the Edmonton Oilers. And so uh, this coming week, looking to keep the streak alive and get the three wins in a row uh, and improve to 8-5 and five on the season so far up against uh, the Dirty Birdies. So that's our buddy uh, Greg in the uh, Boys in the Booth Fantasy Hockey League. So expected to lose Jeff. by... Jeff. Oh, Jeffrey. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Jeffrey. Yeah. With, with a G, I think that's where your head was at. Jeffrey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, good old, uh, good old Jeffrey is my opponent this week. And uh, right now, he's projected to beat me uh, 175 to 147, the projected points. But funny enough, I actually do the same thing that uh, Luke and Alan do. And I set my lineups daily. I don't do it. Uh, I don't do it. Um, for for a week in advance kind of thing. I try to set them daily and try to get different looks and that sort of thing. So anyway, looking to keep the streak I, alive. This would be my second win streak this season. So I like to uh, I like to set them right at the beginning and get in their heads and maybe hope that they do something rash. They're like, oh shit, he's got a lot of projected points. I better you know drop this player to pick up this player, and then they're they're messing up their team and <laughs> thinking too much. Yeah. yeah, no, fair enough for sure. All right, week 13 coming up uh, for the Boys in the Booth uh, Yahoo Fantasy Hockey League. So looking forward to that. And uh, great episode, guys. Good to see you over the holidays. Happy New Year. May 2023 be good to us all. Thank you so much uh, for a great year, for a great 2022 to all our, our wonderful listeners out there. And uh, we will chat with you again next week. Thanks so much. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth. 